in the absence of his perceived presence, Mary and Martha and everyone who was there could have an experiential knowledge of who Jesus was. Hey, everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Kettering Connect, the weekly video cast where Pastor Andrea Jacobsons and I hang out for a little bit after the teaching of the week, look at the scriptures and unpack them and apply them and answer and discuss your questions that you ask, uh, which we really appreciate that engagement um, mm-hmm. while we're doing the teaching and the preaching. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for participating and engaging by asking those questions and having those comments that we're going to talk about today. So um, as always, Pastor Andrea Jacobson's, Jacobson's, uh, the lead <laughs> pastor of our of our church, the Kettering Avenue Church. So yeah, you have no you. idea how many times I have to explain this Jacobson's with an S. Yes, it's plural and with a K. It's yes. just yeah. I Is wish it was annoying? a little bit more. I yeah, it, gets it, was, it would would have been better if it was simpler, but. Oh, well, mm-hmm. that's how it is. Yeah, it happens. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I have to deal with it. But anyways, this is Pastor Jason, and we are, as he said, really excited that we get to open up the Word of God and just study it some more and talk about the sermon, which Pastor Jason did this time. Yeah, it was super fun. So mm-hmm. It was a great yeah, topic, Lazarus yeah. rising from the dead. John 11, which mm-hmm. I just love that passage. Um, but first, if you remember from last week, um, we were trying to get through your questions. And I think there was one, maybe two, but I think there was one in particular that we didn't get to, but we last did one. promise that we would. So we're keeping our promise. And, um, <laughs> and that start was, with it. right. And we're going to start with that one. And then we'll get into this last week's. Uh, so last week we were in John 10, when Pastor Andrea uh, spoke. Um, about the good shepherd. And then there was a question specifically about that. And so we're going to answer that and Mm -hmm. discuss it. And then we'll move on to John chapter 11. So the question that was emailed in is, it's clear we're constantly surrounded by darkness. And I think we can all understand that. And I feel like there's this expectation that you have to be good enough Christian in order to get rid of the darkness. But isn't that basically impossible? Mm-hmm. So, That's yeah, what do you think question. about that? Um, yes, there is definitely that thought that, okay, you have to somehow on your own be good, which we cannot be. And mm-hmm. so we cannot on our own get rid of the darkness. It has to be something that Jesus does for us and in us. Mm-hmm. And so the pursuit of this this light is the pursuit of Jesus. Mm. And so the more that we pursue Jesus, the more he becomes part of us, the more we are just full of him um, in the sense that we have his word in our minds. Like we talked about that last time, I believe Yeah. about meditating on the word of God, where it's filling your mind with the word of God. Then that is how the darkness gets dispelled because the light becomes more and more part of our lives because Jesus becomes more and more part of my life. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I think of as an answer to that question. Yeah, no, I think that's good. Um, you know, I also think, because you also were talking about, well, how do we hear God's voice, right? And when we have all of these other different voices, and you talked about the scriptures and absolutely 100%. Um, but I also think, and I don't remember if we talked about this last week or not. No, I don't okay. know. But I also <laughs> think, right, like throughout the scriptures, God is always speaking to his people, like just during the regular rhythms of life. There you go, Timmy. Um, <laughs> right? Just during, like in the culture, like he's always speaking to the people through regular life stuff um, and through other people uh, and even through animals, right? At times. And so uh, something I've been nerding about 
recently, just because I think it's fascinating, is the whole idea of, of, of humanity, right? And so basically in Genesis, when it says that, let us make man in our image, let us make humans in our image, there's a plurality to that, right? Like there's a plurality to God. And when he goes to make the first man uh, or male, Adam, uh, he could not fully reflect, and obviously he couldn't fully reflect, but obviously he could he could not reflect that image um, because he wasn't community, right? There's community and there's a plurality to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And so when he goes to create something to reflect his image, one single person cannot really do that, right? There <laughs> must be a female, right? There must be someone else so that within yes. humanity, there is a plurality. And mm-hmm. in that plurality, you can better reflect the image of God. Yeah. So I think at times, no, we need community, right? That's kind of my the, the point yes. of that whole little rant, right? And so in the That's community, how love is shown the most. Sure. Through that. And, and so it's within the community, we talk to each other and we pray with each other and we ask the hard questions in a, in a safe space um, and, and we can help grow each other. And I do think God speaks to us and through us when we are in community like yeah. that. And I think when we do that, we are reflecting God's image more. Yeah, I like that. I love, um, every time I think of God creating as, you know, God as we, I always think of, I don't know who said this, but that the divine we created the human we. Yeah. And I love that image of just, yes, that is, we are we because God is we. Mm -hmm. Because God is always working in um, in that community. And so that's why we do need to also be part of a community. It can't mm-hmm. just be me doing something on my own. I have to do it as with other people. Right. That's how God's love is shown more. And especially other people that that we trust, right? So we don't just go off on these random tangents yes. because we can make the scriptures say anything we want, yeah, right? If you take it right. out of context. Mm-hmm. So being in community, it, it, it helps keep each other in check, I yeah. think, with our theology, but also in just the yeah. logic, you know. That's right. So, well, and like, yeah. and as you said, it it helps us to keep each other in check because it is true. Because sometimes there are people who say, "Oh, well, the Bible says this," and they just kind of go off on on this tangent, sure. and nobody else sees that, right, right? Right. So then we need to go back and say, "Okay, well, is that actually true?" And right. I think oftentimes we fall into that category because we as humans want to be known for something. Sure. So we just, mm-hmm. whatever it is that's sensational, somehow, I don't know, fantastic. It's just we gravitate towards that because maybe we'll be known for that. Mm-hmm. But in reality, that is not <laughs> what the Bible says right. that we need to be doing. We need to be always checking each other and and going back to what is the Bible saying. Right. Right. Anyways, I'm not sure what that had to do with the question, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We just go off on some random about. tangent. Yes. So speaking of, but know, hopefully that was hopefully you got something out of that. Yes, and you know hopefully. who you are. Keep emailing us if you're like, yeah, that was cute, guys, but that has nothing to do with my question. Call us out on that. Speaking of holding each other in check, and right. uh, and we'll get back to you on that. For How about sure. that? So anyway, that was chapter ten. Chapter ten's phenomenal. I I mean, it's John and John's just yes. next level it's anyway. Um, and then this last week was John. 11, which I got to preach from, and it was super fun. Mm-hmm. And you did a really wonderful job. Um, I love how you kept bringing out the fact that we all have a Lazarus. Mm. I think that is so true. Mm. And every single one of us has gone through something. And if not yet, you will. Right. Right. Because that's just how life is. All of us have something that right. happens and all of us at some point question, well, okay, why God? If you're that big, then right. w- why? And that, that's where the question that they asked in verse 37, 
because they see Jesus weeping, he comes to the mm. grave, they see him weeping and they say, okay, well, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have, have kept this man from dying? Right. right. And that's the exact same question because we know that God is powerful. So if he could do all of this, then why is it that there are things that are going on in our lives? Right. Uh, yeah. And that was the whole point of the teaching. And mm-hmm. obviously, I mean, you know this, when, whenever you get to preach or teach, you're just communicating this yeah. much after all of this, you know, study or in a lot of times, I don't know how it is for you, but for me, I just walk away with more questions. Right. Yes. Uh, but I think at the end of the time or at the end of the day, it, it's always dangerous when people ask, or even when I ask, well, why did God I don't know. That's and right. I think any any human that claims, well, God did this because Yeah. Just that's that's a red flag. I'm yeah, not sure I'd listen past that point, right? Because mm-hmm. we don't know, right? That's like yeah. asking the cricket to explain, mm-hmm. you know, astrophysics or something. Like yeah. there's no way we can understand why God. But yeah. I do think um we can have some perspective, right? I mean, like as they have Isaiah 55 says, my ways are higher than your ways, as high as the the heavens are from the earth are my ways and your ways. We have a limited perspective, but God has a much greater perspective. Um, And so for me, that's where you're right. I really wish sometimes God would, but he Mm -hmm. didn't or he Mm -hmm. doesn't. But that's where I think the love language of trust comes in. Like my job is just to trust him. Yeah, yeah that's that's, that's kind of where it always ends. That's why the, the point that you had in that sermon with, to me was just so powerful because that's it. That's what it comes down to. And that's where even the the fact that it says that he stayed for two more days in the place where he was, right. that comes in that too, because God's right. timing is not always our timing or what right. we would love for God to have as, as timing. Which is so frustrating, right? Yeah. Like, Especially when it comes to time, right? And especially when it comes to trust, because you know, I, I would say like, even for us, um, it's not that I didn't trust you two months ago, but I feel like I trust you more now. Yes. Um, and that's just how life is in relationships, mm-hmm. um, right? The trust that we have, like you who are watching us, you see these two people sitting at this table talking about some stuff. And you're like, yeah, I don't think they know what they're talking <laughs> about, which is probably true. But the more, right, we, we have this relationship hopefully the more trust grows because I think that's just how Mm -hmm. trust is. So how do we trust this God when so many things don't happen the way we think it should go or Mm -hmm. we wished it would go? Um, Mm -hmm. I think we spend time with him, right? Like a relationship with God is almost like a relationship that we have with anyone else. The more time you spend, the more you talk, the more you listen, Mm -hmm. the more you start to trust. That's because you have to know who he is, right? And the the core of who God is, that is what makes me trust him. And that is why the picture that we have of of God is the most important thing that will keep us in a relationship with God, Mm. always. Because if I see God as a policeman who's constantly, you know, looking at me in that Mm. sense, then it will influence everything that I do, mm. if everything that I believe also, and then the way that I act with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, that's why I always go back to, and I, I, I do, I ask in my own personal devotions, I ask God to please reveal himself to me mm-hmm. and continue to reveal himself to me so that I get the correct picture of who mm-hmm. he is. And I think also as, as preachers, teachers of the Bible, 
that is one of the most important tasks that we have. We have to teach a correct picture mm-hmm. of God. And so we have to know God right. for that. And even then, even if we think that we know him, we still don't know him because right. he's so much bigger and greater than... Oh, 100%. And I think that speaks also to, I think we talked about it last week, that there's a difference between knowing about yes. and intimately experiencing mm-hmm. right a person. And, and I think you know, we can talk a lot about yeah. God, but at the end of the day, you don't really listen to us. It's it's That's each right. person's walk with God. Mm-hmm. That's how you will mm-hmm. know him. That's yeah. how you will experience him. That's right. Um, so one of the things I wanted to ask is, because you were talking about the fact that we each have a Lazarus. Oh, yeah. So what is your Lazarus? I mean, in my life, I know there have been several. Yeah, yeah. there are lots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, just name the day. <laughs> yeah. um, I think right. for one that is, is pretty public is... Um, when my brother-in-law committed suicide, um, that really hurt my family, right? Mm-hmm. And and specifically, you know, my mother-in-law and father-in-law, but all of my in-law family and the community. Um, mm-hmm. and, and especially, right, when you, you pray so hard for something mm-hmm. um, and it's like, okay, God, I know you want this, mm-hmm. so do it, right? And so when mm-hmm. he doesn't, it, it it's frustrating and it hurts mm-hmm. and it does cause us to ask questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because I think just like I said in the sermon, don't worry, I'm not going to start preaching again. But I think <laughs> the, the reality is sometimes we think we translate love into conformity to our agenda. Yeah. And, um, and that's where I think that's trust right. is hard sometimes. Well, and that's where we see God as the vending machine. Right. Uh, a lot. And right. even though we say we don't really, we do oftentimes because that is what we want. We we want to put a coin in and we want him to spit out exactly right. what it is that we would like. Mm-hmm. And then when he doesn't, we always ask questions. Mm-hmm. And like you said, we don't have the answers right. because we're not God. Right. You know, but we still keep asking because, I mean, for me, I said there have been several, but some of the biggest ones in my life have been when I got Lyme's disease or when I realized that I had Lyme's disease. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't do anything to get it. It mm-hmm. just... That's what happened. Mm-hmm. But then also in the last year, my, I thought we we're going to lose one of my sisters because she was so sick. Mm. And so that's another one where you're just like, okay, her whole life she's been sick. And now she, it looks like she's not going to make it. And, you know, there are no answers mm-hmm. because you were just, you've been praying and fasting. We didn't fast for her. And I know that someone at, uh, at some point asked asked me as after the sermon, after the, the fasting sermon, they were asking me about um, some of like fasting practices, that kind mm. of stuff. Um, but there are many times when you can fast, but there is still no, you know, the answer that you wanted is, is not coming because that is not the point of fasting. Mm-hmm. The point of fasting and praying is that I draw nearer to God mm. because he always draws nearer to me, mm. right? Through the time of, of fasting and prayer. Yeah, and I think that's for me. That's really the hard part because in both of our careers in, in ministry, I mean, countless students or college students or high school or parents, where death or disease or divorce, right, all of yeah. this evil, and and we pray, right? We pray, mm-hmm. we anoint, right? We do all of these things, and mm-hmm. we're like, okay, God, please, right? Like, there's, there's, for some of us, we pray, and then for some of us, we beg God in tears. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes it still doesn't happen. And it's like, wait, so what is happening? But I think, Mm -hmm. and that's the part where I think I talked about, but I love it where um, with Mary, Jesus weeps and Mm -hmm. he weeps 
but he was with her. And I think that's kind of the the point. Like he is mm-hmm. with us. Yeah, stuff happens and it's awful and it's terrible. Yeah. And, and that's another thing. Maybe you should do a sermon series sometime on, on um, oh, like things that the Bible doesn't say, but we think it says. Like, oh. like nowhere in the Bible <laughs> does... In fact, I think I did this with Perichoresis one time, now that I say that. I think um, things the Bible doesn't say, or, or, or no, I know what it was. God never said that. That's what it was. We did a whole series called God Never Said That. And I think one of them was actually this, now that I think about it. God never said he's going to keep all bad things from yes. like not happening, right? He never says that anywhere. That is a fictitious God that we make up. Um, but you know, I think what contributes to that is the fact that as kids, we always just hear the stories of, yeah. you know, this person was sick, this person was healed. And I don't know if as kids, you don't really pay attention to other realities, right? right? right. But so you kind of grew up with this thing that, oh, you know, God is supposed to always do a miracle. Right, um, right. But that's where this story, to me, the way it ends is just so interesting. Because yeah. in verses 45 and 46, it says, right after Lazarus is resurrected, everybody sees him walk out of the grave yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, cave. The cave, yeah. Um, it says, then many of the Jews who had come to Mary and had seen the things Jesus did believed in him. But then look at verse six. But some of them went away to the Pharisees and told them the things Jesus did. And then it says that they all come together and they're trying to figure out how they're going to kill him. Yeah. Right. And the reason why they go to him is because, I mean, yes, they saw him do this miracle. But for some reason, it has the complete opposite effect. There are those who believe and then there are those who do not. Mm-hmm. And it's just every time I see this, it's just amazing to me right? because how can you see a miracle like that? Someone coming and being risen from the dead. And then you go and say, Oh, look at this man. I mean, what he did, he needs to die. Right. Because I mean, it's just baffling, right? But it's not baffling when you realize where that it's all about the heart then. Because wherever your heart is, if you are responding to God, then whatever you see from God, it will just strengthen you. If you're not responding to God, you harden yourself up for, to him. And then whatever it is that you see from him doesn't matter. You will still go your own way. Right. It, which I think speaks to the point of everyone saw the miracle, right? It's not that a miracle didn't happen, yeah. but some just had a different perspective and perceived it differently, right? And I don't know about like for you, how many times people have asked, well, I see it in the Bible. It seems like God does a whole lot of stuff all the time with these people, but he never does anything in my life. Yeah. Um, well, okay. I've asked that before. Okay, you sure. Know? Okay, sure. Because no, <laughs> I used to think that. I'd be like, okay, right. well, why are all these people getting miracles? I'm not getting miracles. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, and I think I actually talked about a little bit about it, how it's like we see in the scriptures God does stuff for these people. And some of these people are really bad people uh, mm-hmm. who don't treat God or Jesus very well at all. But he still does some amazing things for them. Where are you at for me? Um, but I think maybe is it that God isn't isn't performing miracles anymore or is it i just perceive it differently right i mean yeah we could talk about this for days well i haven't experienced a miracle in my life well maybe we could have been ran over by a truck on the way to church today but we didn't right like it's, it's almost like you never know what you don't know that's so yeah. that's right you don't see it and that's and where trust many, kicks in yeah and how much we are maybe not thankful for the little things yeah right too because we never know if the little thing is actually a really big yeah, thing. Exactly. Um, and it was interesting. I was reading from Ellen White. It was in the spiritual gifts. I've, my sister has been reading like volume two of it. And so I, mm. I was reading one of the few, last chapters of it because she told me how great it was. And she's talking about how the angels are 
communicating with each other, mm. um, you know, as, as they like pass by each other, going to and fro to, you know, to the earth, which is really kind of like what the Jacob's Ladder shows yeah, yeah. that, right, they're going up and down. Yeah, and right. it's just so interesting that to think that um, they're constantly watching over us, right. you know, so you know that, yes, they're always there. We just forget that right. God is is really as present as he is. Right. No, yeah. absolutely. And We're I running think, out of time. Yeah, one of the questions <laughs> sort of is, is connected with that, okay. where they someone asked, um, talk a little bit more about what you mean about the mystery and not manipulation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, go ahead. Since and and essentially, yeah, my whole point was that I think a lot of times we think faith is, well, if I do this, or if I read this, or if I belong to this church, or have this diet, or whatever, um, if I do this like this, then God will, right? We kind of mm-hmm. look at it like an equation, like the vending machine. But um, the reality is that's that's just not how it is because that's not how relationships work. No. Um, relationships with each other, but even just relationships, definitely mm-hmm. with a relationship with God. And so my whole point was um, it, it's more of, of recognizing and, and living within this mystery, that faith is an acceptance of this mystery, that there are things mm-hmm. in life that we will not have an answer for. That's right. But that's okay. Yeah. And that's why I believe that Psalms— talk so much about waiting on the Lord. Mm, It's kind of like this repeated theme that says, okay, wait on the Lord. And it seems really difficult to wait on the Lord. But but if we're Christians, we have to be okay with Mm -hmm. waiting on the Lord Mm -hmm. and understand that we don't understand everything because we cannot see the big picture that's behind the and what's going on in the realm of of the battle between good and evil. We just don't see all that's going on. And oftentimes we are kind of oblivious. <laughs> right. No. And I think, um, I did talk about this in a sermon a couple of years ago. I don't, I, I, I expect everyone to memorize every sermon that I <laughs> preach for the record. Right. So I know you have this memorized, but a couple of years ago, I talked about, um, this super long Greek word that Paul uses, um, Annika Felustestai, and essentially it's the rewriting. And, and so basically Paul's point is, um, one day God will rewrite all of our stories so that mm. while in real time when it was happening, the worst parts actually become the best parts. And we kind of do this mm. all the time. Like a little bit ago, you, you were, you mm. made a joke. You were talking about, Oh no, it was like last week, but we do this all the time with jokes or when we're retelling a story. Um, like in the, in the moment, it's awful, right? It's by far the worst part of the story. Yeah. But when you retell it, we exaggerate it yes. and make it even even more <laughs> awful because yeah. in the retelling, it's actually the best part of the story. That's what yeah. makes it engaging or funny yeah. or whatever. And and Paul says, God will do that with us mm-hmm. one day. And so- And it's those toughest, yeah. t- toughest times in our lives that teach us something that yeah. other things would not. Right. And, and for me- I, that is one of the ways that God keeps me humble. The fact that I know that, yes, I need him, mm. right? Because I am sick and because there are just things that I have to pay attention to all the time. Mm. Um, I know that I need him. I cannot do things on my own. And mm-hmm. if I didn't have all of that, well, would I just think that, oh, I'm just great, right? Yeah, I mean, right. I'm, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm just amazing at this and this is all me, right? right? When I right. know that it's not because I know that it is God giving yes. me the strength. Which I... I think is also a, a big point in this story, which actually does connect with our with our question here, mm. um, because we have another question that says, if Jesus purposely stayed away, are there times when God is actually not present? And what, mm. is, what does God's omnis- omnipresence really mean? Um, mm. 
And it does say, it specifically says, because he loved them, he stayed away. Um, Now, I don't think that means that God wasn't present, but I do think he intentionally creates space sometimes for us to realize, I can't do this. It's only because of you, right? Yeah, we need him. That we need him. Well, and omnipresence, as in like God is everywhere, that happens all the time. But there is a difference between that kind of presence of God and then the active presence of God in our lives. Right. Because the active presence of God in our lives is something that we can have the more that we spend time with God or we can just push him out. Sure. Right. So he's still there. He knows everything that's going on, but we can push him out so that he really doesn't have much say in our lives because we don't want him to be there. Right. And he, he, Jesus was present in the story. Now he wasn't physically there when Lazarus died, but he, it's not like he wasn't aware, right? He was totally aware. He was present. Um, Oh, it's totally going somewhere with that, but uh, that's okay. Anyway, (laughs) that happens to me all the time. (laughs) And then at least like you stopped yourself. I always just keep blabbering on and then I get the point somewhere. Like 10 minutes later, (laughs) like, "Ah, no, that was good. Bring it back. Um, (laughs) And then I tell Tim, can you please cut that out? (laughs) Yeah, right. That's why Timmy and Alan, they're just, they're, they're amazing. I know what it was because, um, so thank you for that. Cause it gave me a moment to think because, um, because in the end, right, the whole purpose of this series, I am now, it's like in the absence of his perceived presence, Mary and Martha and everyone who was there could have an experiential knowledge of who Jesus was. And it's a mm. different knowledge than if yeah. he would have shown up Good at point. the sickbed, right? He mm-hmm. didn't show up at the sickbed. He showed up at the grave. And That's and right. so it's through that perceived absence, now they have a deeper experiential knowledge of who he is. Yeah. Um, and I think For sure. while it's terrible when you're in mm-hmm. that perceived absence, there, there are still lessons, right? And God yeah. is still present, For um, sure. which I think is beautiful. It is. Um, okay. I think we just have one more and then we're done. Nice. Um, and this is another uh, question that was uh, emailed in. So, and it's kind of long, so we'll have to, you know, kind of walk through it. If God is waiting to act so that he can be revealed, kind of like what we were just talking about, does that mean we have to struggle and suffer without him until he decides to show up. Does that mean that God picks and chooses when to get involved in our lives? I want to want to trust God, and I love that. Mm-hmm. Like they don't, this person doesn't trust him yet, but they want to want yes. to get to that point to trust God. But I can't seem to get there. How do you get to the point where you can get past what's happening in life and actually do something, especially when you can't see what's going to happen next and God hasn't shown up yet? Mm. Such a great question. Who wants to take it first? Um, <laughs> I'm going to think There's about it. There's so much. Of, <laughs> yeah. I know. So do I. There's so much in this question. It's just a uh, a really great question. I love the, like you said, the, this person wants, wants to trust God. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, for me, I can just speak from my experience of like, I have to choose to trust God even when I don't see him there and when mm. I don't feel him there mm-hmm. because I know that he is there. And then there is time. And then there are times, not then there are times, there are times when you know, you have those low points and you just really feel alone that yeah. God is is not there. And on those days, I will cry out to God and I will say, okay, God, I need something. I mm-hmm. know that you're here, but I don't feel it. I yeah. And I know that I cannot just trust in my feelings, but I need something. So can you please encourage me in some way? And sometimes I have to wait a little bit, but 
he always encourages me. So mm-hmm. in some way, he will he will send an answer through mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. or something that somebody says or, uh, you know, that I see somewhere or something in the Bible or just a quote or something. Something. Something God will send because he knows that I'm discouraged right. and he will bring me something. That does not mean that he's going to completely take me out of whatever situation I'm in, right. but that he will give me that that boost of saying, I'm with you, now keep going because I will give you that strength. No, I think I think that's good. I think um, these this series of questions are really good. I, I a part of me thinks how many people in the Bible could ask that same series of questions, mm. and I, and to me it's almost like again the insight of hindsight. We could look at anyone I, off the top of my head. I'm just thinking Joseph. I mean, a lot of times we think yeah. um, progress looks positive. But it doesn't, right? Joseph's life was terrible. Like, how many of these questions could Joseph actually have asked? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, betrayed by his brothers and thrown into a pit. Now he's he's walking for a month into slavery. He has no idea what slavery is going to be like. And then he's, you know... um, framed for rape and then he's thrown That's in prison right. and then you know the the the, the cupbearer he yeah. says oh i'll hook you up don't worry or actually he says hey don't when you get to pharaoh hook yeah. me up and mm-hmm. then the bible says two years later and like so like disappointment right. after disappointment and, and so yeah. for joseph it's perce- perception after perception after perception of god's not there yeah but all the time it is progress and, and then right. there's that moment of arrival and mm-hmm. i think um but even even there if you continue to look through history yeah. um, and the story of Joseph, and there are different people who put him in different spots, but overall, every single time a new pharaoh comes on the scene, right. they have completely new officers. Right. They didn't keep the ones that they had, which means that whenever the new pharaoh comes in on the throne, Joseph is out. Mm-hmm. So even though he is in this huge high position, there comes a point when he's out. And right. and you could see that as, you know, we don't really talk about it because the, the Bible continues with the story. It doesn't have that purpose of talking about it. Mm-hmm. But even there, mm-hmm. he, he didn't have a perfect life to the end of his life. Oh, absolutely. There right. must have been things that he started struggling with, just like his brothers and everybody, right. even though, you know, they had been in the area. Right. And so again, we get to the point that nobody has a perfect life. Even if you think that somebody has arrived, there comes a point where... Where all of that changes, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and I, I honestly, a part of me blames Disney for this, right? Because Disney is always like, "Oh, and they <laughs> yeah. lived happily ever after," and we exactly. just kind of think that's how life is. And they're like, "Wait, yeah. no, that's not how life is I at know. all." It's and not then you have a fight after. with your spouse, and you're like, "Wait, but that's not in the Disney right. movies." And then we t- so right. now, what do you do? <laughs> right. And then we take it as a sign. Like, exactly. No, this is not real. Yeah. And I guess yeah, my only point would be, and to this person, feel free to contact us, and we'd love to have a conversation mm-hmm. with you, but. I, Progress doesn't always look positive, but that doesn't mean it's not progress. That's um, right. And, and and it doesn't mean that God's not with us mm-hmm. and sees us in that moment. Yeah. So anyway, some good stuff. Um, just a quick reminder, because uh, Timmy reminded me that I forgot last week that these video casts are also available as a podcast on mm. Spotify. So if you don't have time or you don't have the Wi-Fi or the, uh, the, the, the data to sit here and watch us do this, yeah. you can listen on Spotify and Jog at the same. And Apple Podcasts. Yes. Wherever you hear and listen <laughs> yes, to your podcast. That's right. So there you go. Um, will you pray for us? And yep, then, uh, I will. Done? I yeah. just want to say at the end for just that last oh, yeah. question that 
Jesus always wants to give us that peace and the hope despite of mm. what is going on. Mm. And he can do that for you as well. Mm-hmm. And as we talked about, the only way that happens is the more we spend time with him, mm-hmm. that's when we can see him do that in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so I encourage all of us yeah, yeah. to just keep spending that time with him because we can talk about it. We could even talk about it and not even do it. Sure. Right. Sure. We all have to make the time to do it. Yeah, and that's that shalom, right? That I know we've talked about mm-hmm. that shalom, that peace, and that completeness. And uh, mm-hmm. and yes, we and do only that God in can this, give. That only and that's God where gives, you yeah. see those people who are, and I mean, they know that they're dying, but yet when you talk to them, they're at peace yeah. because they know they belong to Jesus. They believe in this the story of mm-hmm. the fact that Jesus promises that you will not go through second death mm-hmm. and they mm-hmm. know it. And they have mm-hmm. this amazing peace saying that, yes, I know that I've lived a life and now I give it all to Jesus. And mm-hmm. I trust in the fact that I will be resurrected on that day when he comes back. And I think you just said the, the magic word, magic is weird, but trust, right? Yeah. It all comes down to trust. I don't get it, but I have peace because I trust. That's right. So yeah, it's good. All right, let's pray. Lord God, thank you that um, we are able to talk about these things and, and your word. There's so much in it that we can see. I pray that you keep teaching us mm-hmm. and help us to trust, to mm-hmm. trust in you no matter what is going on. Lord, you know what we each need in our lives. So I pray that you draw near and that you strengthen our faith mm-hmm. so that Maybe even if we're like that man who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Maybe if that needs to be our prayer, we just ask that you grab a hold of us and help us to believe, to believe in you and to trust in you. I pray this in your name, Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. Cool. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for watching or listening. And we'll see you next week. We'll see you next time. Bye.